growing up my entire life, it was always for everybody else. It was always everybody else's happiness, everybody else's goals, everybody else's life. And I was the people pleaser. So it was like、mm-hmm. somebody asked me, and I didn't know how to say no. It was like, oh, yeah, okay. Even though deep down inside, I'm like,、mm, no, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to go down that path. This was literally the first time that I can remember as an adult where I said, you know what? I don't care what anybody else thinks.、Mm-hmm. This is for me. I need to take care of me, and I'm coming first. And if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to like it. But I like it, and I'm going to be different and better. Welcome to Why She's Winning with your host, Christy Rutherford, a master of office politics and self care advocacy. Christy's clients have received over $10 million in salary raises in a pandemic. Surprised that women are still getting paid during these challenging times? It's possible for you too. You can have it all if you believe you deserve it. Christy and her guests will assist you with that. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to Why She's Winning, a podcast solely created for women to win. The world keeps telling us that we're going to lose. The world keeps saying that women aren't being promoted into the C suite. Women haven't been promoted into the C suite for the past 20 years. Women are now going through a pink recession. And then what's interesting, I read an article that said women are being set back, or the, the effects of the coronavirus is going to set women back for decades. And I'm like, but I thought what you have been reporting for the past five to 10 years is that we weren't moving forward anyway. So, where exactly are we going? And so, my goal is to create a new narrative around what are women doing to win, what are successful doing, women doing, and what are women doing to actually live a fulfilled life. So, my guest today is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Kelly Sexton. Kelly is a nationally recognized leader, a keynote speaker, and mentor. She helps to foster a culture of progress and not perfection, which is huge on. Be better today than you were yesterday by continuing to move forward. Kelly believes that it's never too late for anyone to live their best life. I can't wait for this interview. You can start at any point along the way. After being married four times, Kelly finally learned that the love she was seeking was for herself. She invested considerable time and money into personal development and learned to embrace her spiritual side. At 62, Kelly is finally living the life she imagined her entire life to be. She has written for a nationally trade magazine, spoken at numerous conferences around the country, and Kelly was recently featured in the documentary The Miracle Morning about Hal Elroyd. Welcome, Kelly. Howdy. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds good. I'd like to meet that person. <laughs> I, I, love, I love to read a good bio, and I love to have my bio read. I'd be like, yep, yep, that's me. I win. Yes, yes. So, so Kelly. Let's talk about why it's important for women to know that it's never too late to live the life that they secretly desire. Well, we're only given one day, and that's today.、Mm-hmm. And,、um, you know, it's, it's like the past you can't do anything about, and the present you're not, I mean, the future you're not sure is going to ever happen. And so, my question is, what are you waiting for? You, you have today、yeah. and make the best of today.、Um, and years ago, I read a book called The Four Agreements. And basically, one of the number one agreements is be the best you can be. And I've actually modified it. So, I, I've made it into five. And so, the first、mm-hmm. one that I say is、uh, be better today than I was yesterday. So, therefore, I'm the best I can be. And then be impeccable with your words. Don't take things personally and don't make assumptions、mm-hmm. and go forward from there. Okay. Well, I'll be looking for Kelly's book to come out called The Five Agreements, <laughs> The Extra Agreement. <laughs> so let's talk about where you were when we first met and what. Was the catalyst and the desire for change? Because as we know, most people change through inspiration. And then a lot of high achieving women, we change through desperation because we're too busy to change <laughs> and be inspired. I was desperate.、Um, but where were you and, and what was the catalyst and the desire for you to say, you know what, I need to do something different? 
Uh, well, we met in probably one of the darkest times in my life, and it's very vivid to me. I can remember sitting in this little teeny tiny master bedroom apartment that was illegally constructed. So the oh. electricity didn't work. I couldn't run the heater at the same time. I could run my computer because it would shut the breaker off, which I didn't have any control over. So I was freezing all the time. Um, and I had just lost um, uh, a job uh, that I thought I was going to have for a very long time. Uh, it, mm -hmm. Actually, it was just about this time. Uh, it was in November. And uh, knowing going into the holidays, uh, very, not a good time to be looking for work. And I was tired of what I was doing, not sure where I wanted to go. And um, I came across a, a podcast or webinar or something that you were going to be doing on LinkedIn through one of the groups. And I said, you know what, I'm going to sign up. I, I got to do something different. It's not working. And I was very, very excited. And uh, what was not known to me at the time was you got very, very sick and were not able to do mm -hmm. that webinar. Um, and you didn't realize that not everyone had been notified that you were sick. And so very graciously, you reached out to me and said, I'll give you a private session. Um, so let's chat for 30 minutes. And yeah, yeah. 45 minutes later, and copious notes, which I still have in my folder, labeled Christy, um, <laughs> <laughs> you convinced me that uh, you could help me be, be the phoenix to rise out of the ashes and there was a better way. Um, and everything I had been doing prior to that was not working. So like, I'm ready for a different way. This is, I need help. And so yeah. you were my lifeline at that time. Yes. Well, apparently that needed to happen. I used to get sick uh, and it used to be the effects of some ailment that I had in the Coast Guard, which I don't have anymore. I would lose my voice for like 10 days. Like I could not talk, which for people who talk all the time, Kelly. <laughs> It's very dangerous, but apparently God set that up so we can have the conversation, but we didn't work together in that moment, but you got clarity on where you needed to be. And then I think you came back, I don't know, maybe like five or six months later and you said, I'm ready. So what was that moment like? Um, I had found some part-time work, um, but again, it mm -hmm. wasn't satisfying. I was still doing exactly the same things, going through the same motions, seeing the same mistakes over and over again. And again, you had posted something that said, hey, I'm going to be starting something up in the fall. Um, and I uh, was was to the point where, okay, I've seen this pattern way too many times. And as you read my bio, you know, I'm I'm almost in my mid-60s, not quite there yet. Um, but it was like it needed to change. And yeah. so I bit the bullet, uh, pulled out my credit card and asked you, uh, can we do payments? Let's do this. I'm committed to myself. I'm going to do this um, now. And we started working together um, in September of that following year. Oh, wow. That's interesting because, you know, I talk to a lot of people who know in the moment that they need to change. And then like, and they say, well, I'm going to, one lady I talked to said, well, I'm going to call you next June. And I said, first of all, how do you even know we're going to be alive in June? <laughs> you know, like, I'm not saying that you may not be, may not be here, but I may not be here. And so I love it that it was almost a year later. Cause I thought we started working together in March, but when you said we talked, you knew there was a clearer path available to you. And then you still fell into the same patterns of what you had been doing. And so a lot of people say, well, Christy, I need to get prepared before I work with you. And I'm like, but what are you going to do besides what you're already doing? It, it's let's let's work together so we can clear the clutter and then you can move forward. Exactly. Yeah. And then you were like, you know what? I mean, you were like, when, you, when we got on the phone, it was like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready right now. Take my money take my money. Like I'm doing this for me. And that's what you kept saying. You, you kept saying over and over and over again, 
I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for me. So tell the ladies what it's like, I guess, to, you know, because apparently if you were saying that it was out of fear and something that you haven't done before. So you were breaking through that pattern to say, I'm doing it for me. Talk talk to us about that. Well, exactly. Because growing up my entire life, it was always for everybody else. It was always everybody else's happiness, everybody else's goals, everybody else's life. And I was the people pleaser. So it was like somebody asked mm-hmm. me and I didn't know how to say no. It was like, oh yeah, okay. Even though deep down inside, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Or I don't want to go down that path. And so this was literally the first time that I can remember as an adult where I said, you know what? I don't care what anybody else thinks. This is mm-hmm. for me. I need to take care of me and I'm coming first. And if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to like it but I like it and I'm going to be different and better. Yeah. And you were 60. I, I think it, you were. Yes. You were. Yeah. You were 60 when, so it, it took, and it's okay. Right. Because that's how you say it, it's never too late at 60. It was your first time where you made the decision to do something for yourself. Yes. So if we don't learn it in 20, if we don't learn it in 30, (laughs) it's like if you if you think it's going to happen through osmosis at 40, we're going to slip down the hill at 50, at 60. It is something that we have to relearn about ourselves is not a condition that's going to magically bestow itself upon us through a rainbow. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And and even at 60, I was like. Okay. <laughs> but boy am I glad now. Yes. So so tell the tell the ladies about what was one of the things that we worked on that made a large shift initially in in where you were at that moment. Well, the the biggest thing and the most dramatic thing was you um had me go through the forgiveness process. And at 60 Mm -hmm. years of age, I had lots and lots and lots of things (laughs) that needed to be uh, processed through. And so we, you know, I did the tapping and, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, I had, uh, I was married and and divorced four times. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like when you go through the section on, you know, husbands, whatever, I had to go through that chapter four times. There was a lot there. In fact, I had to go back through it because stuff kept coming up. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but to, to, to be able to move forward, I had to forgive all of those things and then finally forgive myself for not yep. taking care of me and basically wiping the slate clean and starting over so that I can be the person that I was designed to be. Woo, that's good. So forgiveness, and I remember I had to uh, prod you a few times and a little bit of WWF and wrestle you down to the ground. And I, and I say that because forgiveness is tough. Oh, it's yeah. not this, we want change to come through osmosis. We want a leprechaun to knock, knock, knock Amazon to deliver me my, deliver me my freedom on Prime and it's going to happen in two days. And so forgiveness is the absolute hardest thing that you will ever do, but it will set you free the fastest. So tell the ladies about what happened after you did the forgiveness process. Uh, absolutely huge. I mean, it was like this, this, this giant weight or, or, you know, the, the albatross just got lifted off and I was able to see things totally different. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to step back and stop reacting to things mm-hmm. and the anger started dissipating. Um, the love started growing for, for my family in particular. Cause I, I, as we all do, you know, we've all got different things going on, difficult family situation. Um, and so I was able to start learning how to love, which I'd really never known before. Um, Mm -hmm. And all my relationships started shifting in a positive direction because I wasn't the block. I wasn't stopping all that was supposed to be coming to me because I was open. Yeah. 
That's so good. I, 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 I know that when we put walls up to protect ourselves, even at a young age, you put the wall up, the wall not only keeps out the bad, but it doesn't let the good in as well. And so we become this, um, this person where you can't feel love that's always available to you because the unforgiveness is like this frequency and this energy that's blocking it. And so once you let that go, now you can feel, does that make sense? Yeah. Where you were, where you're not numb anymore and, and you can stop reacting to stuff. So tell the ladies about the reaction piece, because a lot of times when we're mad, we're mad from a place of our pain. And then we can become easier victimized by other people because we're not managing our own energy. You really helped me in the terms of, of, uh, and I still have it actually on my uh, refrigerator. I have a whiteboard and it's stop, look, and listen. And so Mm -hmm. when someone would send something at me and I don't, you know, initially I didn't do it perfectly, but I'm much better at it now uh, after a few (laughs) years practice. (laughs) <laughs> but but I would literally I would I would take a step back and go wait a minute where's that coming from and I would not yes. respond now I and I have to tell you it's still in our modern day and social media and everything it's incredibly hard it it's that yeah. text message that's coming in all the time and you just want to go right back to somebody yeah. you know or the yeah. email and it's literally you know what I don't need to respond to that I need to mm-hmm. just think about it and plan or maybe not respond at all. And, and I've actually, with one of my family members, that's what I actually do. Um, she goes off and just rants and rants and rants. And if it's something earth shattering, you know, I'll respond. Otherwise, if it's not important, I don't respond anymore, which is huge for me. I think it's whenever you're able to stop, what are the three again? Stop. Yes. Stop. And then look at the situation, you know, from, from a, you know, your, not your immediate vantage point, and then listen to what the message really is, not your initial reaction to it. And you may not react at all after you stop and listen. It's like, oh, I don't need to do anything. That that's so good. It's several things. I'm going to hold my hand right here to come back to this, but like you become an observer of the chaos and not a victim of it. So sometimes when other people have their chaos and their drama and their anger or their pain going on, when they text you angry or even people who respond on social media, does that make sense? Like, or, or people who leave nasty comments, they're inviting you to join you. They're inviting you to join them in their chaos. Mm-hmm. And you have a decision when you stop, you don't immediately respond. So you're going to jump into the dirty pool with them. (laughs) Does that make sense? Like they're inviting you, join me in the chaos. You observe and you're like, okay, I'm going to look, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to look and then I'm going to listen. You're like, no, I'm not going to join you today. Well, and how much, go ahead. Oh, Oh, well, I was just going to say, I don't think, you know, um, that, um, uh, one of my previous bosses, thanks to you, uh, nicknamed me Switzerland because oh. I could keep calm in the office and not be part of the drama. And that's what I brought to my role to him. And so he mm-hmm. called me Switzerland. Yes. And that, that was a new learn skill. <laughs> Wait, a new learn valuable skill because most senior leaders are stressed out and partially cray cray period. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we're always bumping chests or fighting or diving into the chaos, typically out of ego and power struggle or whatever reason, it doesn't matter. And whenever the, the leader can maintain her peace and her calm and her strength and not even be nasty and passive aggressive about it, people notice that and they love it. Exactly. And then they gravitate to you as well. Tell us a little bit more about that, because um, when I think about women who are trying to kick these doors open to get into the C-suite and I'm like, but if you stop reacting and being angry, they would invite you in. But nobody wants to be around reactive 
I think the men can handle it for each other. They just don't want the same reactions in men. So tell us about how um, the people in your environment started to gravitate towards your piece. Well, they they uh, initially noticed that um, uh, I was happier and more things were were coming my way and I was able to share more and I was able to give more. And um, th 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 it was almost to the point of, I want what she has because yeah. I don't have that going on in my life. Um, and so then I had more and more people who um, I didn't even know were paying any attention, who were like, mm -hmm. oh, can I take you out to lunch? Or could we go do this? Or, you know, how did you do that? Um, and, uh, you know, another saying that I have on, on my whiteboard is um, don't take the bait. Because so many times yeah. with that stop, look, and listen, people are, you know, dropping these little, like, you take the worm. Come on, come on, I want to hook you. And I was like, mm, no, I'm not hungry. Thank you. You can't cook. You know, yeah. you can't hook me. I'm just, I'm swimming the other direction. And they were like, yeah. how did you do that? And it's like, I'm just staying in my space, doing what I know is the best for me and just bringing my best every day. That is like an office politic Jedi mind trick because people are always inviting you to an ego game. It's senior leadership is 90% politics is 10% work. It's an ego game. And so they're trying to hook you to get a reaction out of you. And, and men, especially do it to strong women where they're trying to say something to try to get a reaction out of you. And I always say, if you shrink, they win. If you get angry, they win. So the goal is, is not to respond. And so we came up with the image of if somebody has a bait or a hook and they're, and they're going fishing, they're only fishing for a reaction. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when they put the worm in front of you, you're like, nope, I'm not, a, I'm not going to take that worm today. And what you find is they stop fishing with you because they're just looking for a reaction. And that's, and that's ego at its best. And when they can't get it from you, they're just going to go harass somebody else, exactly. but they leave you alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But as every time you respond and if they can and if they can get under your skin or if they can make you react or if they can make you pissed off, they can make you angry, they can make you feel weak, they can make you cry. They're going to come to you again and again and again, because that's how bullies feel themselves up in their power. Yep. So so let's talk about you becoming happier. How did the definition of happiness change for you uh, as you were doing the work on yourself? Well, I allowed myself to do things that I never thought possible before. And so I started mm -hmm. dreaming and imagining things that uh, put me first and not somebody else. And it's not that I was putting them off to the side. And um, right after I went through the forgiveness uh, step program with you, I learned from someone else to think about where you would like to be a year from now and to write down the most wildest dreams that you could possibly think of with mm -hmm. no limitations of any kind and try to come up with as many as you possibly could. And so I wrote down 50 things in my book um, and I thought never attainable, never, never, never in my wildest dreams attainable. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I kept focused on that. And that was the main thing is just focusing on what was going to be the best for Kelly at this point in my life. Because uh, again, I don't know if I'm going to have another day or not. And after three years, I had completed 23 of the 50 items on my list. And I got mm -hmm. the nickname Bucket List Conqueror yes. from my peers. That's good. Two, two reasons. Because you talked about continual learning. And a lot of times people think it's not necessarily about, oh, I want to work with Chrissy forever. It's it's do something. You don't even have to work with me. Work with somebody and then understand that other people are going to have the keys that are going to be able to unlock the next level of who you are. Yes. And then you wrote down 50 things that even one or two were unattainable in your mind and you've done 23. Exactly. 
So what does that feel like? Because typically when, when I ask about being happy, people say, I'm, well, I'm happy. And you're like, but your face doesn't agree with <laughs> the words that are coming out of your mouth. Or you see people on social media saying that I'm happy and not that much. So what does it feel like to actually write down 50 things that were unattainable and then to to uh, to achieve 23 of them? What does that feel like? I'm six feet off the ground and the momentum, you know, instead of rolling downhill with all the bad stuff, you know, I'm climbing the mountain and, and you know, joy in my step and uh, had COVID not happened this year, uh, I would have been on, I would have completed 26 things because I had three more mm-hmm. planned for this year. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's like, wow, okay, what's next? You know, what am I? And, and I'm one of them actually, um, as, as we're talking, you know, that people see and they want, you know, they want what you have. They want to drink from your cup. So I actually yeah, had yeah. two girlfriends this summer join me on a week long RV trip and neither one of them have ever camped before, ever been in an RV mm-hmm. before. And it was like Thelma and Louise, but not going off the cliff. <laughs> and we traveled for a week, COVID, you know, yeah. together in this RV. And I will say it was one of the most phenomenal uh, events of my life. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that could be possible. And they came along because they want they wanted to drink my you know, coffee or whatever fountain. Your happy juice, your happy juice, your happy coffee. I'm drinking coffee right now. (laughs) So, so you talked about living in an R living or or traveling in an RV. You actually live in an RV. Yep. Like that's, that's what you wanted. So talk to us about that. Cause that's one of those things that, people say they want, or it's not even allowing yourself to dream. And then you actually achieved it. So that's, that's huge for you. Oh yeah. What's the RV life like? Um, uh, uh, loving every minute of it. I live full time in my RV. I've lived full time since, uh, August, 2019. And again, everybody thought I was absolutely wildly crazy and I'm in the San Francisco Bay area. So we're, you know, high tech. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? What do you mean you're living in your RV? Uh, well, I'm living a quarter mile from the beach in Northern mm-hmm. California. And uh, when I was commuting to work, it was only 20 minutes to work. And I've got 440 square feet that's all mine with a beautiful living room. My kitchen behind me is actually bigger than my girlfriend's condo that she paid a million one for. And she is so wow. jealous of my kitchen. I have a, yeah. a you know, separate master suite bedroom. And, um, in the morning, um, I can look out at the mountains when I'm working and watch the sunrise. Um, to me it's heaven and it's a dream that I had that I thought would never come to fruition. Um, but here I am and, uh, live and I consider it living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, cause it's your dream. It's not when people think you're crazy, Right. And and you had the nickname Crazy Kelly when you were growing up. And it was and it was used in a negative way because you were always different. So tell the ladies about embracing it now. And you're like, yeah, so what? Exactly. <laughs> like the nicknames that we're given when we're younger because we're different. I always say highly successful women, we're the weirdest people in the world. We're we're typically the black sheep. We're the ones that are rejected because we want we always want more and there's expansive life that we want and we get labeled negatively because of that and then carry that on throughout our life. So talk to us about the difference between, you know, when you were younger being called crazy Kelly and now if it's said to you. Oh, well, it was incredibly negative when I was growing up. My family used it every time I did something that they didn't approve of. And it was basically just to beat me down and beat mm-hmm. me into submission because I made them incredibly uncomfortable. And I mm-hmm. I was not, you know, as you said, I was the black sheep. And mm-hmm. no, you know, no one I knew at the time was another black sheep. So I had nothing to compare to. 
you know, and they talk about you are, you know, the the five people that you're, you're and I'm paraphrasing that. Yeah, really yeah the poorly. five people that you're around. Yep. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I was around my family. And so it was like, I was miserable all the time. I was like, <laughs> you know, a, a, round, a, a, a round pole or peg in, in a square yeah. hole. And yeah. it hurt every time I went into this square hole. And it just kept chipping at me and chipping at me and chipping at me. And, um, but at the time I, I couldn't let it go and I couldn't forgive myself for all the things that I've done. And I just figured I didn't deserve it. And after started working with you and started seeing the light and forgiving myself and starting to love myself, it's like, uh, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And now, um, I'm, you know, now they're back to, okay, are you writing the mini series? Who's writing your script? You know, it's going to be more than one movie for your life. But now it's just like, oh, where are you going now? What are you doing now? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm I'm waiting for the next chapter. You know, I've got lots planned. If if God will give me the opportunity to stay here, I got lots of dreams, you know, to open up and go for. Yeah, that's so good. I, I think about how we always, or, or TDJ said, all the great leaders are misfits because you were never meant to fit in with the people that you were called to lead. And so the challenge is when we adjust who we are or or just at the society makes us adjust and everybody wants to be a square pig, but the people who hold on to it, and it's not even that, you want to be a square peg, it's they make being the round peg so freaking painful that you just live in pain. And a lot of people just drink themselves into oblivion (laughs) because they're never going to be the square. Does that make sense? Or they do certain things because you are suffocating or numbing um, your uniqueness because of the pain that is like to be so... Uh, outcast and almost rejected because you won't conform. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that exactly. I mean, that was your, that was your history when you were with the Coast Guard. I mean, it almost killed you. Yeah. Yeah. It almost took me out of here. So, so tell the ladies about, because when we started working together and, and you got free real fast, because I always tell people a lot of times we think that the, the path to where we are, to where we want to be is like this, is like the size of the Grand Canyon. And it's no way you're going to reach it because it's so far away from where you want to be. And typically it's a few small things, but there are a few small hard things (laughs) that aren't hard physically. It's just how much resistance you're gonna have whenever you get ready to do it. But when you got free so fast, you were always worried that that you would go back to who you used to be. And I'm like, Kelly, this is this is your life. And you're like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I can't be this happy this fast. The other shoe is going to drop. So, <laughs> so, so tell the ladies about the fear of change and, uh, and whether or not it was real. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, once we, w- once you kicked my butt a bit and got me to finally, you know, well then, yeah, exactly. I needed it. Uh, finally got me to do the forgiveness book, which was, I, I remember I started in January. I was doing the whole mindset of, oh, well, it's a new year. I'm finally going to do it after you'd been bugging me since like July of the year previously. Um, <laughs> and it's 30 days, you know, 30 s- sequences. And I think I did it in like 45. But once I got it done, then it w- I didn't know how to live. I didn't know what, what the life was because I was so used to being in the pain and being in that horrible position that as things started opening up and aligning, I'm like, those aren't supposed to happen to me. Those have never happened to me. I have no experience with that. I have, I don't know what's going to happen. And I remember having conversations with you where I'm like, um, what do you mean that I got invited to the private booth at the San Francisco Giants game uh, to celebrate with an owner um, my mom's experience that, you know, it's by invitation only, and I could bring a guest with me. And you're like, yeah, um, that's yeah. where you're supposed to be. And I'm like, oh, but, uh, uh, yeah. 
Uh, and I loved it, by the way. That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, That's where you belong. Yes, yes. But, but I, as you said, I was always waiter. And it's like, oh, no, the grass is going to be greener. And I'm, I, I need to stay back over here. And you're like, no, 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 no. You need to run to the green grass. You need to embrace it. Take your shoes off. Walk in the grass. Enjoy. There are no stickers there. You've made it. <laughs> There's no weeds. <laughs> and you're right. You sound like me, like I was screaming, which I probably was. <laughs> but I, but I, for me, I needed to hear that at the time. And I am so grateful to you for, for doing that because, you know, I, as you said, I, it was later in life. So I yeah. had a lot of stuff, a lot of baggage that I had to work through and chip away at so that, you know, it's kind of like a sculpture so that the, the final piece could come out. Yeah. I love that. It's so it's funny because I, I don't remember that part of telling you to run in the green grass, but then I remember it was probably maybe a year. I don't know. Time is flying, but it's also going slow. Does that make sense? But you were in the grass and, and we'll talk about the, the, the benefits that you've incurred over time because I always tell people it's not about the money, but we're going to get that money too. Like that's, that's my thing. It's freedom is not about the money and we make it, uh, you know, as senior women, we're always chasing the money aspect and the titles and the power and all this other kind of stuff. But then you lose your joy. And then you think that in order for me to have joy, I have to give up the money. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Let's go get your joy and then let's go get that money. But I remember we were having a conversation where you were like, um, it was, it was a little further on where now you're in the grass and you were like, I'm, I'm looking for the greener grass. And I'm like, you're in the green grass. <laughs> right? Like, wait, you're no, you created like the way that your job ended up playing out, I could, I got excited every time something happened because I'm like, we can't make this stuff up. No. Um, yeah. So, so tell the ladies a little bit about the results that you got after you got the joy. Well, just more and more things coming. It's like you said, I mean, I, I, I got my dream job. I, I worked for the best boss I've ever worked for in my life he supported me in everything that I did. You know, you talked about, you know, that we do, you know, whether it be personal development or learning or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I got sent to conferences um, that most people in my position would never get sent to. Um, they, mm -hmm. my, my company sponsored one of your workshops and I came to North Carolina yeah. for a, a special weekend. I, did uh, two events in uh, Arizona. I got to take uh, his personal assistant with me to help her grow because he had seen the growth in me and he wanted her mm -hmm. to grow mm -hmm. alongside. Um, so, and I got opportunities um, and, you know, at the time, bonuses and raises that no one else was getting because I was Switzerland mm -hmm. and I was, he'd seen the change in me. Um, and I was able to, to, to bring that joy. And then finally, thanks to you, you know, I gave up on the title, you know, I didn't yeah. need the title and the higher up on the job description because I had, I already had it handed to me, you know, on a silver platter because of the work that I had done and what I was able to give. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, Almost forgot, so I, I appreciate you bringing that up. You were chasing a title when we first started working together. Like you wanted to be chief of staff, and and let's go get the joy. And then when you got a raise, you got four bonuses, and then you got stocks because the company went public. And then they allowed you to start working from home to start building your small business. So you started to get all these things. With, that you thought that the title would bring, and it's like, never mind on the title, never mind. Exactly. <laughs> you get two personal development conferences sponsored. You get to go, uh, you know, check things off on your bucket list. So you end up going to Australia and like all these things. So the title is almost fruitless because you can have the title, but you wouldn't have the twenty other things that you got. So it's really not about the title 
but what really do you want? And when you got clear on what you wanted by writing those 50 things down, now you have something to shoot for. That's going to make you happy. Yep. I mean, and I was able to share it uh, as well. Cause even, even when I got my bonus, my last bonus, my boss said to me, well, I guess this is going to pay for your trip to Australia, isn't it? Because he knew I was going. That was on my bucket yeah. list. That's good. I love it. So, so tell us where are you now? Because we worked together, I guess it was two, it was like three years ago. I can't remember. I think it was three years ago. And now we're, you know, and, and I tell people whenever you get free, like I love the women who are getting free now, but, and, and there is three months and I'm like this, this is nothing, right? Like you should wait to see what happens a year from now and two years from now, three years from now. So What's changed, I would say, and where is the trajectory of where you're going right now um, in your life? Well, I mentioned that I that I um, became known as the bucket list conqueror, and my previous yep. boss had allowed me to really start my own my my own business again mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. to start growing it to be able to help other women. So, in 2019, I was, as you mentioned, I was a public speaker and I was traveling uh, in the RV community mostly um, and um, teaching women how to to kind of step out themselves and how that mm -hmm. they could do what they wanted to do and live the life that they wanted to live and and uh, you know have the same sort of joy and opportunities that I did. Um, I had a full year of events planned this year um, and um, the last um, major outing that I did is uh, bucket list item number 22 is I got to go see Oprah live in San Francisco right right before COVID. Right before. Yep, right before COVID shut us down. Um, and I did get to go on the, the one trip with, with my other two girlfriends. Um, but COVID, you know, as, as for most people, I think COVID really threw a major just change in life. And yeah, um, yeah. we all started working from home. Um, th this gentleman that I was talking to, uh, talking about as my previous boss, uh, decided uh, now that everybody was working from home, he was done uh, doing day-to-day -day, day -day operations. And so he stepped down. Mm -hmm. And as oh. executive assistant to the CEO, that means they bring in somebody new. And when they, br yeah, they bring in their people, exactly. And so uh, four months into COVID and having a new CEO um, in July, I was told that my services were no longer needed um, because he wanted to bring in someone of his own. Um, mm -hmm. But part of me being in my position and being in the place of power and what I had been able to do um, I was able to negotiate an unheard of severance package for myself. Yes. And it was, Ow. it was, the, Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, it was the largest severance package that my previous employer has ever paid to any individual who's ever left the company. Ew, that's so good. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kelly. Nope. We'll put myself on mute. <laughs> And so those those people that were trying to stab me in the back, Ooh. get me to take the worm, all of those things, uh, I don't have any contact with them anymore. So I was able to uh, start start figuring out where to go and what to do. Um, I will be very honest; it was not easy. You know, when you yeah. get let go from something, and I'd been there for over three and a half years, and I really thought that that was going to be the place I was going to retire from and have all the other bells and whistles that go with it. Um, I, you know, like everybody else, I, I went through a downtime, but part of what they offered was outplacement services, which I've never had in my career ever before. And I was given a coach, and I worked with a, a business coach, and she and I basically, uh, Reader's Digest version, um, came to the conclusion that with COVID and people working from home and my position and my age, unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, I'm not an essential worker. So I will not be going back into anybody's office in the near future. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't need to stay in the San Francisco Bay Area. 
So then it was like, well, where do I want to go? What can I do? Um, I've always wanted to retire in Colorado. So I started looking at opportunities in Colorado. Um, I had free time to learn new skills. So I picked up a contracting position where now I'm an event contract producer virtually uh, for a company that used to do face-to-face events and now it's all online. And so I'm learning new skills when it comes to Zoom and WebEx and MS Mm -hmm. Teams and so that I can improve my skills. And within the last week, um, I thought, you know what? I really am not limited So what do I really want to do? Well, my heart is to be with people and to play and to help people enjoy their life. Well, that's what my degree was, and that was in recreation. So uh, last Monday, I actually accepted a part-time job at one of the top RV resorts in the United States. I'm going to be their new activities director for the winter. So I will be wintering in Arizona if anybody wants to come visit me. Um, and, uh, I, I'm going to be moving my RV and they're going to pay me for my space rent and all of my utilities, including extra internet so that I can continue to do things like this and then, uh, figure out what the next steps are. Um, but going back to, back to full joy, but not worrying about the money, not worrying about climbing that ladder because I have my own ladder. And it's kind of that old adage that you want to climb the ladder on this wall, but it's not really that wall. My wall is this wall and I'm going. That's so good. I can't make this stuff up. Like I can't. So it's, so it's interesting. It's interesting because when you say you got laid off, most people go, Oh, I start smiling. I'm like this. Okay, great. So now what's next, right? Like, because when you're living a life of purpose and in your passion, if something closes for you, that means that there's something different that you're supposed to be doing. And so I was, I was with you when you said that you were laid off. Cause you know, I said that I shot that email. I was like, well, maybe God has something different for you supposed to be doing working. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, but that's how I talk and you understand me. I was like, well, maybe God has something different for you. Maybe you're supposed to go and, and assist more women. I didn't know you got that severance package though. So now, <laughs> you're like, oh, Kelly get laid off. You'd be like, no, Kelly got the largest severance package. You'd be like, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's, that's the Christy coaching mode right there. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to need my money though. I mean, it's not about the money, Kelly, but I want my money. <laughs> that's, so, okay. So what, one more piece of advice. We'll be on this phone for an hour because we're going to talk after we hang up here. But um, what's one piece of advice that you have for women who want, because this year has been challenging for a lot of people for a lot of ways, but then it's also been great for, for a lot of people in a lot of ways. And so you can get stuck in the perspective of it's the worst year or it's the greatest year, but really it's up to you and, and your growth and your development and really pursuing passion. So if, if you were miserable in a job, now you've shifted to passion. Does that make sense? Or if you loved your job and then there's something different for you. So anyway, uh, what advice do you have for women who want to be different, but they just don't know how? What's one thing that they can do to be able to shift their life for the best? Great question. Um, I would probably say you don't have to do it all at one time. You, it, it, mm-hmm. It's literally, it's one day at a time. It's one foot in front of the other. And I probably the biggest thing that's changed for me um, in COVID is I have gone back to my routines, my regular routines, and I am emphatic about following them. And it's not, you know, that I have to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, I literally write in my journal that I'm going to keep my routines up for me. I'm not doing it for anybody else. It's for me. So it's like, I know when I don't do my meditation in the morning, um, that I'm, you know, I'm having a a not so great day. And I look back on my schedule and I'm like, I didn't meditate this morning and I'll stop and do it right now. Um, 
you know, and, but it's learning that. And I, I wasn't a meditator before I was like, meditation, are you kidding? No, it's wonderful. (laughs) Um, But it's just, it's just doing it for yourself and giving yourself enough grace to say, you know, it's like, I, I try to get in 30 minutes of walking every day. Well, yesterday I was running around like a chicken with my head chopped off, trying to get stuff taken care of and done for my mom and some other things. And I got home last night and it was getting dark and it was like, you know what? I'm just going to walk as long as I can possibly walk, but it's okay. I'm not getting my 30 minutes in. I gave myself the grace that that was okay. But today I'm going to walk more than 30 because that's what I want to do for me. Yeah. So, so really it's about doing stuff that you want to do that keeps you in your happy place. And that's the thing, right? Because what keeps you grounded and centered and happy, which is what we're all chasing, right? And it's free. Walking is free. Meditation is free. You made that stuff a priority because when when that doesn't happen, then you become somebody different. So what do you need to do to be able to stay in your happy place? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like you talk about, it's like, if I don't do those sorts of things for me, I go cray cray, you know, in your words, you know, so I get up, I get up, I get up every morning um, early and I start off with my coffee and I journal and Mm -hmm. I meditate and I read, you know, 10 pages every day. And I tell people, you know, they're like, oh, I can't read. I don't have time to read. And I'm like, if you could read 10 pages every day in a Mm -hmm. month, you would have read a book. And in a year, you would have read 12 books. And I just break it down. And it's like, can you read 10 pages a day? And I have not had anybody who I asked that question say, no, I can't do that. It's like, of course, I can read 10 pages, you know. And so it's just it's just doing those things. It's walking every day. You know, I got the I got the Apple watch thanks to (laughs) my previous employer um, because I could get it through insurance. You know, and I have the, well, see, it's time to stand. I'm not going to get my stand in for today. I got it up like that. Hour. We kept killing too long. She got to, she got to stand up. I got to move. But, but, but that, but that helps me because then I know I feel better and then I bring my best self. Mm-hmm. And that's what's most yes. important because then if I bring my best self, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because then I can yes. bring that to everybody else. That's good. Well, Kelly, this was awesome. I know that the ladies are going to take this advice and change. I'm proud of you. I continue to be, you know, having ringside seats with my popcorn saying, oh, this is good. I mean, every time something pops out, you know, you always have somebody that's going to celebrate. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just excited about your journey. I'm excited about where you were, what you've done in the, in these three years, but what's for years to come. And so, you know, you talked about it earlier. We don't know when our last day is. And I mean, you know, Kobe, it's gone this year. You know, Chadwick Boseman, gone. It's a, it's a lot of people who um, it's not about being, you know, how old you are. It's how long you have and what you do with the time that you have left. So thank you for sharing your insight. Thanks for showing up. And thank you for just being an amazing, um, you know, example of it's never too late to live the life that you want. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review if you love this episode. Follow Christy on Instagram and LinkedIn. And don't forget to get her free gift by texting change now all one word. Again, change now to 66866. Until next time, go out and win bigger.